I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast. No Stephen again this week. He's got another pathetic excuse. Um, so it's me, Gareth Barger, and I'm joined by two Wise Men Say regulars. Um, good evening, Jimmy Ray. Good evening. How are we? All right, yeah, a bit tired. And we're Same. speaking of people who are tired, it's Michael Love. Evening, mate. You okay? Oh, he's... <laughs> He's gone already. Your hello I'm, is interrupted by poor internet, Taolo internet. Uh, I, I am through Taolo at the minute. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty grim kind of time of year, isn't it? Just dark all the time and like already and it's like, well, it, like it's not, six o'clock. It's not dark all the time. It's just become dark all the time, hasn't it? So like this morning when I woke up, I was like, oh, yeah. this, it's actually like the sun's out and that's quite nice. And then like the realisation that when I drove home from work, it was going to be like dark. Um, and that is the, the sense of impending doom of the winter to follow. But we do have the, um, you know, the delight of a, a World Cup break in a few weeks, um, which will give us a chance from a Sunday perspective to get some players back. Um, and we'll talk about the significance of one of the returning parties um, on Saturday gone. Um, and obviously we'll be seeing a lot more from him after the international break. But I know, obviously, we had a reaction on uh, Saturday night, um, so you can still listen to that if you want to. Um, Eleanor was joined by Dan uh, Howden and a gentleman called Kieran, who seemed to like barge his way in, so fair play to him. Um, but yes, we're going to get the opportunity now to talk about a, a one-all draw at Kenilworth Road. Um, it was a funny game. I thought, like the sec, like first half was like it's interesting because I listened to the reaction. I was like, I didn't like fully agree with it, but maybe it's a, a classic case of like it looks different um, when you're watching um, on a screen than it does to to when you're there. Um, but you know, the, I think Luton dominated that first twenty, and then Sunderland sort of found the, the foot in a bit in the, the back end of that half. Would you agree, Jimmy? Yeah, I thought so. I mean, I think, yeah, the first first bit of the game, so <clears throat> first 15, 20, it was very much Luton started well, um, as you'd expect, I think, with a, a team like who obviously pride themselves on on having a good home record and something they want to set the store out. But we definitely grew into it. I think um, Diap, who had that chance to anyway hit the post, I think there's a few other bits and bobs that's, that kind of worked quite well um, at times. But I thought it was... Not complete domination, although definitely at the start of the game, uh, Luton definitely did um, 
did, did, did dominate us a bit. But no, I thought it was okay for a first half away from home. First. I mean, again, it roared it, roared it out a bit and you know, again, it was another example of a game in the championship where we've, we've it's very rare where we haven't competed in games and you could say the weekend, yet again, we did compete in the game and we we didn't let the then get away from us when we weren't at our best, Mickey. No, I do 100% agree with that assessment. Um, I think it was one of them games where you've just simply got to stay in it. So I think um, Jim pointed out that early doors, first 25 minutes, no doubt Luton had all of the ball, but had the better of the chances and they hit the hit the upright, which were unfortunate with, and then Patterson made a decent um, save on the rebound. But we grew with the game as the half went on, and it just goes, and we kind of made a run for our own back because we were heading into half-time in the ascendancy and very comfortably going to be nil-nil at the minimum. And then we shot ourselves in the foot by Pritchard taking that free kick quickly, when, in my opinion, Bears where you need to take a breather and say, right, it's all very well to have these great like attacking principles, but just take half time, take nil nil, go in there and then set yourself up for the second half. But I think that was just a little bit of naivety from one of our better players, which was slightly disappointing. But I think it was absolutely the performance was fine and it's a really good point away from home and it sets us up for what in my opinion is two very well games coming up. Yeah, I mean you look at it one nil down at half time and you know, and all of a sudden the reaction, it was kind of a draw, sort of 1-1 one, one all day long, but and they had some decent chances but we at the post and Clark had that run where you think if he just pulled it back to Diaco, he's basically got, you know, an open goal um, to finish it off um, so, you know the, that's the thing about this Sunderland team at the moment, that, you know, when we ride out those storms, we are we are a threat Um I think, you know, the, the frustrating thing about a free kick is it's one of your senior players in a team full of young players. Yeah. Like, making make an error. Like, if Mishu or Barr or someone like that had done it, you'd be going, well, that's lack of game experience. But you've got arguably the most experienced player in the in the squad, aside from Bart, probably playing at a level, the level that he's playing at, making that mistake. So, and then the goal, I mean... It's, I mean, Bart didn't really complain about it, which was a bit weird, but he obviously got fouled before Morris got in front of him because he kind of need him and ran past him. Um, but it was a bit of a stranger on that because the reaction from, from Bart was a bit like he wasn't asked. <laughs> he just kind of yeah. got, he kind of held his knee and then got up and went. went I mean, nothing, you, you can't do anything to change it, but you think, again, this has been like VAR or something, then the, the, the goal may not have stood. I thought that as well. Um, I think it was definitely um, another one of those that we've had a couple recently where it's like possibly, like you say, with VAR might have been different because I think Morris is obviously a physical striker, isn't he? And he, um, he did well for the goal, but like you say, he definitely puts his weight around and, and um, yeah, I think there was definitely possibilities you know, we could have appealed for it, but it's probably unlikely, to be fair, that they would have overruled it. But I think um, getting back to the, the sort of naivety for Chad, I think that was possibly like the kind of handed a bit on a plate to Luton that goal I think realistically they would have been pretty happy with a nil-nil at half time before that because although they started well they were definitely under the cough from us towards the end of that half so I think um, you know if you're sort of Nathan Jones or one of the Luton players they'll have been pretty buzzing to have to have got that from, from really nowhere considering that you know the state of the game at the time they certainly didn't look like they were going to score and then all of a sudden they get gifted that, that opportunity which to be fair they took and um I think it was kind of 
harsh on us. I think um, in half-time, it was one of those where it, it's a cliche that that's a bad time to concede, but it really is straight straight for half-time because it really hands the momentum over. Having said that, again, as we've seen a couple of times recently, um, it didn't really sway our, you know, our team. But I think we sort of started the second half well. Uh, we sort of started with intent, like we wanted to to really try and put it right, if you like. And I thought uh, our second half performance was was actually really good. I think um, there was a lot of positive things. I think pretty much every player contributed something good. I think Diaku, um, again, I, I know obviously there was a bit of consternation about him starting. I actually think he did pretty well overall. I think uh, Mowbray sort of said, didn't he, afterwards, that he, he knows what he needs to do to get more minutes. And I think he's probably made, you know, given he's not done his case any harm for more minutes. In the future, I think the subs who came on uh, did well as well. Obviously, we'll get on to Sims and stuff in a bit, but yeah, I think we reacted well after the you know from the start of the second half. Yeah, I mean, go back to your point about the conceding late, and I don't know. I'm sure there's some stats out there that'll back it up, um, but it does feel like we do concede late in the half and and late in late in both halves, Mickey. Um, Certainly, there'll be some stats in the second half to back it up, and they tend to be the ones where the business, like they're the business end stats, aren't they? So it's like you can see in the last fifteen minutes of games, and we certainly have done that a few times, um, and it's cost us points. And then again, back end of the half, you know what? Is it just a concentration thing? Is it not like there's just a general sort of, you know, switching off a bit? Like towards the end of the half, rather than being fully focused. Well, as we pointed out, I think Saturday was a bit of an isolated um, incident in that regard. Because, as I say, it's just a little bit of um, disappointing naivety from Pritchard that gives a goal away. But I'm not really sure because this team it is a little bit conflicting. Because, as you pointed out, that we do concede like kind of like some late goals in each half, etc. And but what I will say about this team is that they do tend to react to setbacks quite well. So this really on paper the Luton game was a horrible fixture when you've just got beat four two the week before when you were turning up in that game. Because obviously Luton is very much like a, a functional sort of team. They don't play like the best, most expansive football or anything like that. But it's just a horrible place to go in the championship and it's a hundred percent the sort of game that in the relegation season under Grayson and Coleman would have collapsed and lost that 2 or 3 nil. So again, I was really encouraged with the response in the second half. I think Michu, that's certainly the best he's looked when he came on with that cameo. He um, kept the ball really nicely. He played some lovely passes to get our wingers into the game a lot more. And I kind of want to shout out like Jack Clark again, because although he had a very frustrating game overall on Saturday, I didn't think he was great. What I love about him is he doesn't hide and he wants the ball all the time and he wants to keep on doing the right things. And it paid off in the end. He, he does really well again behind players. That lovely ball back, Remington, who's got uh, not an easy finish, but he's in in front of the goal about eight yards out between the width of the force. You'd expect him to finish that off, which he did really well. So, again, like fair play to like just Clark for keeping on going and fair play to the team for keeping on going as well because. One thing I can't lay at the door of this team at all is um, any kind of, as I say, we'll react really well to these situations and the, the work rate's really, really good. And I think that that point on Saturday, I say it stands in really good stead because I, I firmly believe that the next two games, which will be targeting six points, and if we could, that gets us into the World Cup on a really good kind of positive bounce with players to come back. Yeah, I mean, we'll, I think I just broadly the second half, was I thought it was a bit of a, just a nothing it was just a nothing game, really, until we until Sims came on. 
the the game sort of developed a bit more, but totally agree. It was just a not bit of a nothing. Like it was just a scrappy. Yeah, I think obviously, uh, obviously, like where Sunderland supporters or where you see red and white spectacles. But if I was a Luton fan, I would be quite frustrated with their approach to the second half because, as you say, they scored right on half time. All the momentum was with them, obviously. To compact stadium and get a good atmosphere generated. So you'd have thought they'd have played on that and kind of put more balls in our box and get us penned in and try to really capitalise and get a second goal. But from half time onwards, we just looked content with that one goal advantage and they never really woke up and went attacking until we got it back to one one. So I'm not saying that they like necessarily like allowed us to kind of get one nil, but I did think their approach was a little bit confused. And then like you said, when Sims came on and the other substitutes came on then that's won the game in our favour. Yeah. I mean, on, on individuals, I mean, and it's again, not re- keep referencing it, but on the reaction, I was surprised at Dan's assessment of um, Ahmad. I mean, again, I think that's a, a an example of, of where you've got um, somebody who's at the game and sees it one way and maybe someone who's watching differently and sees it another. But I thought, he, especially second half, I was really impressed with yeah, a maturity in his performance. This is the first time he's shown it, um, and I think you you must have to give credit to the, you know, the management um, of that player because after where where when they came out and were kind of criticising him a little bit, kind of for not shooting enough, it feels like the message after that scene must have been like you know you you've obviously got ability and you're good enough, you know you you need to have more confidence in your ability, and I think. He in the second half he just went right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the game by the scruff of the neck, and he was everywhere picking the ball up, and you could see yeah. as some of the stuff he was doing start to come off. Um, he he was trying more and more elaborate things, including a quite unbelievable pass to Sims, which if he that pass was brilliant, really, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean it was like like a sort of a laser-guided missile of a ball, really, wasn't it? I mean, very difficult mm. pass to, across the floor as well um, to bisect all those players. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was a really promising sign um, to, to see him deliver. Yeah, he's, I thought his body language was good. Um, sort of like, you, like you said, he sort of saw the confidence that like his head was up more. He, he seemed to almost have more time on the ball. I think that comes from... Just say like he looked more confident on it, and like you said, there was that pass he played. Just the way he was moving around the pitch, he was taking the initiative. He was kind of like, kind of, I, I guess, kind of dictating a bit how yeah. how we were playing at times. You know, that with with his movement, the positions he was taking up, and that would sort of direct other people to move into other areas. And he very much that it was worrying them. You could see by the way that they were trying to sort of, I guess. Got a couple of men on him at times, but his movement was so good. He was getting into space regularly, and that really helped, I think, some of the other players because it allowed more space and more time for, for example, like later rivals at the box. It allowed Mishu, when he came on, to have a bit of space and time on the ball to, to actually start showing a bit as well himself. And yeah, I, I agree. I think, um, you know, the good thing with Ahmad is he definitely, definitely has the ability. And I think it's been a confidence and obviously an experience thing. And, and the more he's playing, you can see. It's kind of the better he's getting, and I think there's no reason why that can't continue. Um, he got his goal last week. I think he always looks dangerous. I wouldn't be surprised if you know he he continues to start and and do well at least until the World Cup. Uh, well, while we sort of need players to step up as he has been. Yeah, I mean, and 
like you touched on Mishu, Mickey probably the best he looked. I mean, again, I wasn't like it's funny, really funny player. Like I can't work out what what he is um, on the little I've seen so far. Um, kind of reminds us of like uh, you know, in the, like when we're in the Premier League and there was that era where you had these players who would just like sit in front of the back three or the back four, like as a defensive midfielder, and just get the ball and then pass it to somebody else. Like we had, like if Denea did it, and um, I think like Key did it. Like he looks like yeah. that type of player. Um, yeah, I think if I'm sorry, I think if I'm playing footy manager like ten years ago, he's definitely under the deep line player maker who you'd have sitting in front sweeping. Um, but no, I, I agree with you, Gareth. It is quite difficult to pin his position. Ironically, when you look through his um, like youth career, we tend to have played like in a more advanced midfield role. Which is strange because to me, he just looks like a very neat and tidy ball player. He doesn't look particularly expansive. He always plays it quite safe, but sometimes there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I think on Saturday, we definitely needed someone to just kind of put the foot on the ball, get us a bit of possession and grow into the game. Um, to kind of continue what you were talking about with um, Ahmad, I totally agree with the maturity of his performance. I think what basically we saw on Saturday was a continuation of, you know, when he came on against Wigan, he really changed the game. He was kept yeah. on dropping into them central areas, picking the ball up, driving us forward, getting, literally he got us that game about 20 yards up the pitch just with his presence being an absolute nuisance, winning tackles, winning like loose balls, popping them to the more creative players. He did that over the entire 90 minutes at the weekend. And I think with players like Ahmad, sometimes it's quite difficult for them to excel because he's gone to United at such a young age for absolutely enormous money. And he's not really like kind of got a game. He's gone to ranges where he didn't play that regularly. He's not worked out. And I think finally he might be a case of he's feeling like loved here and he's got a valuable role in the team. And I, I agree with you. What more will probably saying to him? Look, if you you've definitely got the ability to be a key player in this side, and as the season goes on, hopefully we'll see that. And, and he's definitely a player. You hope that as the club's performances get better over the season, he'll just continue to excel. And hopefully this is just a glimpse of the quality that he can offer us. Because I think that. Out of all the young players that we've signed, obviously you'd expect him to, but he definitely looks the most kind of hardened and first-team ready player that we've got out of us. Then, um, um, or sorry, back in the window. And the main, <clears throat> I think, the main substitution everyone was talking about for obvious reasons. Ellis Sims making his return, um, and I mean, it's sat. I mean, it. People might be thinking, oh well, you know, overdoing it a bit, or whatever. But like, I mean, straight away you're like, oh yeah, this is this is what it's like having a striker on the pitch. I think you want to, I think you want a free kick with a back with his back to goal after being on for about two minutes, and then he'd, you know, two or three occasions he's held it, popped it off to somebody else. Something we just haven't had um, for weeks, um, and it it was really encouraging I think we're talking about it with the real positives being we haven't been getting the results been playing well and it just felt like when we hopefully when the strikers come back we'll see that transition into something um and I don't I, I don't think it's any surprise that is you know he's been on the pitch for not very long and then we end up equalizing um and he, he he's nearly been involved in another goal where Clark kind of had that one blocked right in front of goal um so yeah, I mean, it's it just allows us to yeah. like sort of play in different ways. It gives us more options, like you say. It's, we were seeing passes being made forward that we just hadn't seen 
since the last time Sims was on, you know, that we were actually able to mix it up. And I think, like you say, it makes us into a more kind of like effective team because it, it means that we're not always having to try and score the same type of goal. We can we, we can mix it up. And, and he, just his physical presence alone give, gives obviously creates space for others. And, and we did look a better team, obviously, when he came on. And that's no surprise, like you said, based on what we've been saying. But it was pleasing to see that it, it added to what was already a, you know, a decent performance before we came on. And I think he definitely took us took us up another notch. And like you say, the more minutes we can get out of him, I think we'll definitely have a positive impact on how many goals we can score. Because we definitely look more dangerous with him on the pitch. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, go, go on, Mickey. No, go on, go on Mickey. All I was going to say was, um, I think as well, it gives the opposition something to worry about because, um, like Danny pointed out on Saturday, like on the on the stream, he was saying that um, the good thing about Sims coming on for us that Luton made a substitution where they brought on like a physical defensive-minded player that they weren't necessarily going to bring on before Sims. So that just goes to show already the opposition are worrying about what we're doing. And as you point out, it just gives us so many different options to not even try and break them down. It's just if you're having a spell where you're under the cost, you've got faith if you're. Danny Barter, Bailey Wright, um, that when they get the ball, they can, if they need to, just shell it up front because the probability of a ball coming back so much less if you've got Sims up front holding it up. And I think with Sims, arguably even more than Stuart, I'd say his hold-up play is like really, really good. So hopefully, as I say, he'll continue to grow and get minutes and we can um, have more ways of playing going forward. Well, we'll have a little break and come back and talk about that, actually, because I was going to talk about the effect on... Um, how we play in the build-up to the the World Cup in the next couple of weeks, um, when Sims is going to be available, and how often he's going to be available. Um, so we'll have a chat about that after the break, um, and obviously preview the trip to Huddersfield on Wednesday night. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burroughs Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. burrowcom slash ACAST. Welcome back to the Wise Men Say podcast. So as we were discussing, Ellis Sims made his return to the pitch on Saturday afternoon. Um, and Tony Mowbray's discussed his um, potential availability up until that World Cup break for the next three games, saying he hopes he get him up to 60 minutes, but he probably won't be playing 90 minutes or won't be playing 90 minutes until after the World Cup. So now we've seen, I mean, I don't think they will, but I just think it's worth talking about. Now you've got Sims on the bench. He's not going to start, is he, at Huddersfield? Um, 
but it makes you think, are they going to... Would, would you approach the game in a different way knowing you've got Ellis Sims to come on and say, well, we know it and bring him on with half an hour to go? Are you going to go, oh, um, you know, we'll, we'll play a different way to stay in the game and then we know when we bring Sims on, it's going to give us that extra impetus we need or will they just carry on as they have been and, you know, that won't think against the heads. Against Huddersfield, given that they're... Obviously not in the best form at the minute. I think that's probably a game that we t- we possibly not look to change too much. I think we can um, possibly. I think we'd probably approach it in the same way we would, and look hope Sims would add a bit more to what would already be quite a, a positive performance. Similarly, I guess to, to Luton, um, I think possibly for other games, yeah, you would you would look to do that. But I, personally, on Wednesday, I, I agree. I don't think Sims will start, but I, I wouldn't necessarily say we try and hang in there and bring him on. I think we could. We can hurt them without him as well. I think they obviously aren't in the like I said, aren't in the best form, aren't in the best position in the league. So I think we, you know, we can look to be quite positive anyway against them. In my view. Yeah, I mean, I think the question, like the way I've paused it, I'm, I'm not like thinking like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna be sitting there going, oh, like we need to, we just need to like hang in, and then when when we can bring Sims on, we change the way we play. It's just think it's more that mentally maybe the way we've played without a striker we've definitely been less inclined to put balls in dangerous areas and stuff like that just wondering psychologically if there might be a slight change but I mean probably not but I just just thought it was interesting obviously not that interesting because nobody said anything I didn't know if I was being brought in there or not well you know you, you know you You've been here long enough, Mickey. Lad, you can do. You can decide when to talk. Um, but we'll move on because that was rubbish. Well done, Gareth. Um, but the game itself, the the main issue that we're going to have, aside from the striker issue, which continues, is the fact that Jack Clark will be suspended after picking up a, a silly booking right towards the end of the game. Um, so we're probably going to be missing our most consistent attacking threat um, this season, aside from. Ross Stewart when he was fit. Is it as simple as just you bring Roberts in for for Clark and stick Ahmad to the left? That's what I would do, yeah. Um, Pete, I can see a lot of people that's um, suggesting that Bennett should come in, but for me, I, I think he's got plenty of talent, but he's just extremely raw, and I just I just would not like to see him from the start currently. Um, I know people will say that like Diaco is not good enough, etc., etc., but. I still would probably rather like have him in and then like Burnett can potentially come off the bench and make an impact because really apart from the Watford game, I can't really remember a game that Burnett had like a, like an overt impact in. Like yeah, he looked he's looked lively and he looks to get in behind. He's obviously clearly got something when he's carrying the ball, but I still think he's not quite ready to start a game. So I think yeah, just keep it as simple as possible. Bring Roberts in and then um, hopefully he's going to compensate for Clark. So he's another one that really likes to carry the ball and put inside. So. Yeah, I just keep it like that, really. Do you think there might be a temptation to try and put Elb- Embleton on that left-hand side? I know he's done it a couple of times this season and he scored. Maybe that that's something he'd be thinking about, Jimmy? Possibly, possibly. Um, I, I, I agree with Mickey. I, I, I'd just uh, bring Robertson. I think Diaku did enough on Saturday for me. I think um, for, to, if you want to start again, I wouldn't be too bothered. But I think, I think that'd be fine. Um, Embleton, possibly. 
I think the, the issue that Wilson is, is is kind of lack of pace. I think with Clark uh, not being, and we will need some like Mickey said, ball carrying and someone to get up the pitch a bit, which I think Roberts will be able to do better. It's so obviously cut inside as well. Um, and, uh, whereas Embleton, I know, has played on the left, but for me, he's better when he's in the middle. So personally, I would I would do Roberts and keep everything in. Obviously, move Ahmad a bit, and then uh, keep everything else pretty much as it was. Because I think that team that started eleven, I think. We we saw more good than bad on Saturday, and, and Huddersfield I think will be a game that we can we can expect to see some some good things from from, from that side. Personally, I think if Emberton is to come in, if you want to see him make that change, you bring Robertson for Clark, which seems logical, and then him and Ahmad could probably, you know, switch if they wanted to during the game. Um, yeah. I know because he likes to come back inside, doesn't he, Robert? So they're both left-footed, so yeah. um, you know that. <laughs> They probably, if they did do that, they they might sort of switch during the game. Um, Embleton, you know, for Neil maybe. Yeah, um, I think Embleton obviously came on, scored, did well. Uh, I think he, he he definitely would have a case to argue for a start. I think um, if you're going to bring him in, I, I probably would be for Daniel. I don't think Daniel's anything particularly wrong, but wouldn't be a bad thing to give him a rest, maybe. You know, change it up a bit, get Embleton, get Embleton from the start. I think that would be fair. Like I say, I think obviously the goal and his general performance was good when he came on on Saturday. So, why not? I didn't think he was great at the weekend at all, Neil, to be honest. And I think he has been a bit kind of like in and out this season, which you're going to expect because really it's only his second full season. Really, he's playing regular first team football. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be adverse to Embleton maybe coming in in the middle because he gives you another option and what I like about Embleton is he really seems to be adding because he scored the very similar goal against Wigan of kind of getting in the kind of between the twelve yard the penalty spot, sorry, in the six yard box in the central areas and he, look, he looks always like making them runs. So that's obviously something they've been working on. So I think that adds another string to our ball going forward. So and, and again Huddersfield is a game that I know okay bang on about it. We need to target three points because our ball performances haven't been too bad. That's one winning eight now when we really need to start picking up three points so I would, would not be averse to having a more pattern option in Embleton who's got those like instincts now making them runs into the box Might there be a, a thought about Pritchard and if you wanted to keep Neil in with Evans to put Embleton in there for Pritchard I mean I think Pritchard's a really important player in many respects but when you look at the actual output there's he doesn't really score goals and he hasn't been creating a lot of, of goals at them recently so I'm not, I mean I like him and I think he's like a really important player for us but at the yeah. same time if if you want somebody who's going to play that sort of 10 um, and it's only one game you know like and he gets taken off a lot doesn't he Pritchard generally 60-70 minutes I think he's only mm-hmm. completed one full 90 this or maybe he hasn't completed a full 90 this season so I don't know I'd be, I'd be, I'd, I'd keep it. I think obviously the fact that he played for them as well previously, I think he'd probably want to. Oh yeah, a good of course. Yeah. I think he had a good, I think he had a good time of it when he played for them. So I would be key. I, I, I think he should start. I think um, you're right. He's not. He's output's not been great so far, but he's for me. He's one of. He's one of my you know favorite players in the team. I think he, you know he's he's really good. He's exciting and he he's almost due. I think a goal. He's yeah. due maybe an assist as well. And and again, just getting back to Huddersfield, I think. He will probably have a bit, you know, a bit more space, maybe a bit more joy against against them because of the way they're they're probably going to want to 
given that they're on a really bad run themselves. But obviously, I know they won at the weekend, but if you look at their form in general, they're really not they've not been great. I, I would imagine that they will possibly sit back a bit and we might have a bit of the ball. So I think that'll help Pritchard. I think so the I'd play argument against um, Pritchard starting, the argument against Pritchard starting would be, I think his effectiveness overall has been really nullified with a lack of centre-forward because I think you talked about this on the pod a few weeks ago, Gareth, that because he's not got a striker to play off, his creativity is kind of wasted a little bit. And when he's not being able to kind of make the runs off the striker, he's also not getting the service. So it's a double kind of negative in a way. Um, and I think my issue with um, Pritchard starting is because we only tend to give him 60, 65 minutes is, you could very well see Pritchard coming off as Sims is coming on. So my temptation would be, maybe he's on Wednesday, to have that, again, like we had on Saturday, to have that really strong bench. And then you've got the option of on 65 minutes when you're making your subs, if you're bringing Sim on and you bring Sims on, you're bringing Pritchard on. That kind of gives you kind of an almost like double effectiveness because you're bringing on Pritchard, who's fresh in an advanced role. Yeah. And he obviously has something to play off now, so you should see an increased output from Pritchard. And then Sims is going to give you better attacking options naturally, rather than maybe playing it from the start and saying another bit of an ineffective performance from him, then he comes on off frustrated after 65. Yeah, I mean, I'll see you think. I, I mean, I would, I just thought it was interesting because, you know, if, if you know, people do look at stats and numbers and, I mean, he's probably got about three, three, four assists maybe this season and he's started pretty much every game. Um, and obviously no goals. Um, I don't think it's his assist necessarily. I just think it's overall yeah. In the game, like he's not impacting them like he was. And I know we're upper level, but yeah, as I say, I just quiet think that's been so, it's been so impacted up with the lack of them um, kind of like a focal point. And I just, I just think off the bench, like I see, as if you're bringing on Sims and Pritchard, it just gives them so much more to worry about and it make Pritchard a lot more effective. And as you said, Jim playing against his old club, like coming off the bench, he might be a bit pissed off anyway. And he, you know, he might come on and like give you a bit more later on in the game. Well, I, I, yeah. I, I would, I would say, I would, I would start him um, personally, but yeah, I mean, I think if he, if he doesn't, I, I wouldn't be like, oh, I can't believe he's been dropped, sort of thing. I, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't feel that way. Um, yeah, I, I, know. I, I think, but I think, but I think, but I think I that. Like... Go on, Mickey. Sorry. Sorry, mate. I was just saying. Um, equally, I wouldn't be annoyed if he started. I'd be completely yeah. fine with it. You know, yeah. it's not something I feel that strongly about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you know, Embleton to come in for for Neil, in, in my opinion, would be a change I'd make. And and obviously, yeah, Roberts coming in for Clark. And is a what's it? I saw there was an injury update today, and it was mainly about Ballard and um, Sims. Was there anything mentioned about Gooch? Seen anything there? Well, how, no, long no, he, so. how long is he supposed to be out for? Um, didn't Mowbray say it would be after the World Cup? Did he? Did he really? I think I so. I missed that. Well, that's, that's... I'm sure only in passing. I'm he sure said it was... that last way. No. Did he? Mm. Okay. Well, that's that then. I mean, I think with Gooch, it's not. I, I obviously he, again. I think similar to what Mickey was saying with Pritchard. I think Gooch's effectiveness, especially going forward. Um, has been less less so without strikers because it was mainly his crosses that were getting put in and obviously got some assists at the start of the season. I think when there's lack of aerial threat, I think Gooch going forward is, is is less of a threat himself because the balls he puts in, well, he, he'd be less inclined to do them. So I'm not too... Well, I mean, I think Gooch, I do like Gooch, but I don't think 
missing him for these last three games. I think we've been okay in general um, going down the right defensively. Now all nine has gone back to that right back um, area. I think that's it's eased that issue a bit, really, hasn't it? So yeah, we're finishing. I know the lads on a Thursday like to do predictions, so shall we do one as well? <laughs> so Why not? I think we should. I'm going to go two 0 to Sunderland. I will go two 0 to Sunderland as well. I agree. With you. I think we'll win. Yeah, happy with that. I don't be boring go for a clean sweep, so I'm going to keep the two goal margin, but I'm going to say 3 1. Okay. Like it. Confident. Confident. Wait. Confident. And they all, I mean, they did win at the weekend, but the form hasn't been great, and they were one of the favourites to go down at the start of the season. So I think they're missing a key player as well. I think one of their key, I think it was it Dwayne Holmes, I think it is, got suspended, got to pick the book yeah. and he's suspended. So um, that might be a blow for them. Um, so I think, you know, going we, we have to start turning some of these. There's only so far you can go where you can focus on the performance as you slip down the table. If you're still in the top half of the table, yeah. I mean, we're only two points in the top half, to be fair. But you start to slip down, you know, you're with two points from two or three points from third the other week, and now you're seven points from sixth. So, um, you know, with if we can just, said the other week, if we can finish in the top half of the table before the World Cup. Um, I think it'll be, you know, with the fact we've played the vast majority of those games without centre-forwards, I think it would be a great achievement. Um, and I think the way we've played, we deserve a bit more than we've actually got. Um, but, you know, we, we we made our strikers bed and we have lay in it for the last, uh, for the last two months, it feels like. So... Um, Make sure you head over to wisemensay.co.uk. Um, before the game, there'll be plenty of preview pieces from the guys who write on the website. And obviously, make sure you tune in on Thursday to Matt and Tom. I think they're both back this week um, as they will re- review the game um, against Huddersfield and, pre- and preview the weekend's game. Um, hopefully, Stephen will be back with me next week as he, if he's fully recovered from whatever's wrong with him. Um but yeah, thank you very much as always for listening. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.